Previously on Quest Friends. You think I can, like, make a scrape? What are you doing? For us to find our way back. Oh, that's not a bad idea. Breadcrumbs. 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 And in the center, with these black spiders just crawling all over this, stands a figure with, like, large, imposing armor, and the tiles start moving faster and faster and faster and faster and faster and faster and faster. The Apocrita is a database of memories. Whoever uses Red's blessing sacrifices themselves to the cloud, but unlike the other victims is able to keep free will and able to fight it from the inside inside. I don't know what else I added, but I can flex and say that I have 30 intellect total and then 18 might. So even though I don't have the wizard powers of shock, I do have 18 might, so I won't be knocked down immediately. Double my durability in combat. Yes. I think that beating up the cloud is going to be a lot harder than that, uh, than that rope climbing thing that you were really bad at. And I'd like to stress again, you were really bad at it. So, um, be better this time, okay? I know I can't convince you of anything. There's nothing I could say that will change that. But for what it's worth, I am still glad we met Lowell. Yeah. Well, just know, when you all come, I... I won't hold back. After all, you're the only one I need alive. This is the point of no return. From this point onward, you will not be able to perform side quests, adjust your loadouts, or return to previous story locations. Please confirm that you are fully prepared before continuing. Fuck you. Is, if this were a video game, the warning that you would get. We are currently probably near the beginning or midway through the NPC fight episodes we had. You are all currently in the ladybug, driving towards the cloud, and it is in your sights. But before we actually get to the combat in the cloud, I wanted to see what final things we wanted to prep. For example, who has Red's Blessing? What is Hop's flex skill? Hop, I'm assuming, is declaring everyone innocent. Stuff like that. All of everybody, except for except for the bad, the, the ones who aren't innocent. They're the guilty ones. <laughs> that is, in fact, how the concepts of innocence and guilt work. That's accurate. <laughs> so, Hallie, let's start with you, because the two things I do need are yeah. who has Red's Blessing and what your flex skill is. So let's start with the flex skill. What is your flex skill, Hop? Yes. And how did you get it? You want to know Hop's flex skill and how he got it? Yeah. Okay. Well, his flex skill, his final flex skill is lassoing. He got it by practicing lassoing. Do you have anything with which to lasso? Well, okay, I assume we still have like rope and stuff. We've all got our little kits, like the beginner <laughs> kit that you get. And your little tier one level up has like rope and other basic things in it's it. It's listed in the explorer's kit. We've had it since tier one. We've had rope since tier one. And we Kyle. have three tarps. So surely he could also use the snake in his boot that every <laughs> cowboy has, even if it hasn't been stated, and use it as a lasso. He's got the snake. Snake. He the can snake. use that <laughs> lasso. He's got plenty of lasso material, and his final flex skill 
is lassoing and I'm really excited about it because it's like mid-tier, which is the best that I've come up with for any flex skill this whole campaign. Like it's not pottery or something like that. So Hop is just sitting in one of the seats of the ladybug while getting ready, doing Boy Scout knots on multiple different lassos. Yes, though. I'm sure he has a book somewhere. Are you disparaging not tying skills, Kyle? Yeah, like, Hop knows this stuff. Like, You want to start some shit? Like, you were going to ask how he knew it, and I was going to say, no, he, like, read a book and practiced a little bit with, like, cans in the backyard of the wheel, and then he's doing that now. So Hop is sitting there. He's tying knots, getting ready for the battle that's about to happen. If we look up at the front of the ladybug, Misha is sitting there driving. And I believe, Ari, you also wanted to do your data sphere thing for the day to get a skill. Did you want to do that now or later? I mean, I can I can say it now if you want. Yeah. What, what are you summoning into your brain for skills? I am summoning flea circus expert so that I can more easily handle my ants if it is needed into various tricks that flea circus people do, make fleas do, but instead it's ants and crabs. Because they're like small <laughs> enough. They probably like can learn the same way that a flea. So arguably worse. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, exquisite. These are both exquisite skills we've prepared endlessly for this day. <laughs> we have. Let me just look at, because I believe <laughs> Misha's already trained in bug handling. Yeah. So you are now specialized in bug handling and crab handling. I will include them. Arthropods. Yeah, I just want to <laughs> be able to justify doing some potentially non-bug things with my bugs All right. within the realms of reason. So while Misha is driving, you should never drive and watch a movie, but that's what's happening here because the static comes in. And normally here I do a bunch of of royalty-free sounds and things like that to really get the vibe of it. But Ari's just describing a bug's life, and Disney's gonna come after us if we do that. So just imagine the movie A Bug's Life. Go and watch that. Come back. Isn't that a good movie? It's such a good movie. Oh, what a good movie we just watched. (laughs) And Misha is now trained in the flea circus, which... P.T. Flea! I have something I want to do. Yeah, go ahead. I want to use my skill deep reserves. So <laughs> I have never used this skill and I didn't think that I ever would because I thought it was trash. But <laughs> <laughs> good start. You can transfer up to five points a day between pools. So I would like to transfer to make me even buffer because I'm already not going to be able to do anything related to Int. So why not? Fuck just you. Glass cannon, Fuck glass you. cannon, glass cannon. Yeah. <laughs> Join me. But she isn't a glass cannon. Like, I'm a you're, cannon. <laughs> yeah, you're a glass cannon, Tom, because the two things that prevent you from being useless are low. Ellie's super high thing is also the thing needed to keep her at peak performance. You may not like it, but this is what peak performance looks like. <laughs> Ellie giving someone the chair. So <laughs> Hopper is doing knots. Misha is watching and or showing their balls of ants the movie A Bug's Life. Ellie is just, what are you doing to like move these stats? Um, Ellie took a little bit of time a while ago to do some more reinforcing of her frame and it finally healed. Okay. And then finally, shock. 
Is there any prep you're doing? And since you're the one who originally got it, I want to know who has Red's Blessing. Because a reminder of what we're doing here today is you are leading a full frontal assault into that glass cloud in the sky. And once you get inside of it, you are going to find Aegon, you are going to fight him, and you're going to stick him with Red's Blessing, a tool that lets you fight the Apocrita on the battlefield of memories and destroy it from the inside. Now a small shard of the tip of Red's Blessing was kept back at the wheel. That's what was used in the generator and what Ness used to heal everyone at the end of the session. But the rest of the spear, the main weapon, is still with all of you. So your objective this session, this episode, is to get to Aegon, stick him real hard with the staff, and use the staff to enter the Apocrita on your own terms. So, Ellie has Red's Blessing, for starters. That's the one she's doing the weight training with. <laughs> it's like the things that you like have the uh, the strings that you like pull on. I forget how they work exactly. Oh, the rowing machine? Yeah, it's like a rowing machine. Yeah. But with the strings or threads on the end of the spear. No, she's terrified she's going to break this thing. <laughs> she's holding it like a baby. <laughs> cradling the spear which you're, you're you're trained in babysitting so i'm trained very, in babysitting you're very good at it oh boy that's what i was gonna say yeah ellie ellie definitely the person to go up and stab Lowell with something my prep shock has gathered all of the magical powers and spells could possibly use for this very moment the only thing that I like as a background prep is that Shock, because it only lasts for one minute, is going to be constantly renewing Resonance Field on himself. And so his staff is going to be like constantly floating around him. And then every time it starts to slip, he'll just like boop it back up. That gives you int defense instead of mic. Yes, I can substitute int when I'm making speed defense rolls. Sounds good. And for a note, just for anything for time-based, because we're so loose with time, and I'm only saying this because this is the only combat that arguably will probably last longer than a minute, quote-unquote. Let's just change last one minute, five minutes, ten minutes to last an encounter. Yeah, works for me. So when you cast it for the first time, or have it pre-cast in this case. We don't need to be like, well, time to waste a turn shielding yourself <laughs> so you don't fucking die. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I want it to sound fun, and Shock spends another turn <laughs> casting. Recasting my buffs, because <laughs> yeah. we're not D&D. &D. We're not about this life. God, thank God. All right. So that prompt from the beginning of the episode, that point of no return prompt, still hanging out there. Were you ready to say press OK? Yeah. Mm-hmm. OK, click. Save progress. Click. <laughs> Can we save, though? <laughs> well, in that case, Misha, give me a driving roll. A driving roll? OK. I'm not putting any effort. What is this? This is a 14. This is a 14. And no effort, right? No. But it's two steps easier. I drive good. So... To set the scene for where we're at, the sun at this point has almost fully set. You're essentially racing its beams to find that blank hole in the sky, and you're close to it now. The Apocrita is now no longer just a small blip in the sky. It is a pulsing, moving, breathing thing in front of you. Inside of this cloud are a bunch of Prileman ruins, the ones from Obsidian Bay. But you can't see them because surrounding the cloud is this black shell, this cocoon of obsidian glass. And surrounding that is the storm. 
shards harshly tearing into each other and moving in a dangerous defense of the cloud. It's the thing that most resembles a weather. That is, except of course, for the bottom of this sphere, out of which tons and literal tons of shards of glass and spiders rain down upon the Wheel of Boz, which at this point is the thing that you can barely see. So do we all have a clear idea of what this cloud looks like? Because that changes as you get closer. The haphazardly dangerous shards that are tearing around the outside of the obsidian protective shell start moving in a pattern, a spiraling, swirl-like pattern. Instead of evenly covering all of the outside of the cloud, all of the pieces have now turned towards the side facing you, and they start spinning and spinning, and they spiral themselves inwards to a mass in the center of them, which grows bigger and bigger, and with a harsh... turns into the gaping maw of a Z-Drake. And Misha, you go to dodge this large obsidian Anuki as it charges towards you. And the maw misses you. But everyone else, you hear a terrible screeching and you can feel the cold open air no. as a large obsidian talon tears into the top of the ladybug at the very front and tears its way all the way through the roof to the very back because Ari failed the dodge roll. So who wants to have one last chase? Chase, chase. Is this a rhetorical question? This is a rhetorical question. <laughs> so how this chase is going to work is, it's less of a Anuki gets to you or you escape Anuki because she is currently attached to the ladybug right now. It's more of a, you escape Anuki, the ladybug survives. You don't escape Anuki, that may be the first casualty of the night. Because Ari failed her roll, out of the five degrees of distance, five is all the way away, one is you are caught, you are currently at two. So Anuki just needs to get a little bit closer to you on her turn, and she will have succeeded. Unfortunately, it's still Anuki's turn. <laughs> oh no. So you can see that she's got one of her claws buried into the back of the ladybug. It stopped right before the tarp. And Hop, you jump to the side as the side of the ladybug is impaled with another dragon-like claw. So Anuki is now holding on to the top of the ladybug, and she's got her claws in the side of the ladybug. And you can all see the Z-Drake fan her wings out to stop you from moving further. I have an idea. Uh, shock to the system because I could just try to fill the mind of Obsidian Anuki with disturbing images and ideas and try to make it enough so that she lets go of the... And how much effort are you going to use to that? I am doing three levels of effort, which then would be... I want to do this right and I'm nervous because you're looking at my sheet. No, that's fine. I so just... Like, I, <laughs> like, get away from my sheet. I want to make sure I'm making the right calls. <laughs> like, you're going to see me lower the thing wrong and now I'm so nervous about doing it wrong. I'm fine. I'm out of the sheet. I'm out of the sheet. Okay. All right. So I want to do four levels of effort. I'll do that. That was a 10. By one point, you succeed. 
So you fill Anuki's thoughts. Do you have any thoughts that you particularly choose? I probably would just choose all of the, like, angst that Michelle felt <laughs> in the past arc. Just, like, all of the, like, bad angst that Misha has, but applying it for a good purpose instead of just... What, didn't you do this the last time you did Shock to the System? Yeah, but it was different because Misha was feeling that angst and now Misha is not feeling that angst. It's just being like, yeah, this is a thing that... This is a part of me. <laughs> Shock to the system is just Misha oversharing with people. Yeah, yeah, just like, allow me to tell you my life story as I remember it now. Like, all of the bad Colody shit. Just like, here it is. Alright. Obsidian Anuki has three parts to her. Anuki, Aegon, and binding them, the Apocrita. Anuki and Aegon each feel your memories intensely. They feel that feeling of angst, that feeling of <laughs> immense betrayal from someone who is close to you. And because of that, the dragon lets out something much less fierce than its obsidian exterior suggests. A much more pained... And the metal scrapes on the side of the ladybug slightly as Anuki's hands start to drift and then fully let go. Yeah, boy. Perfect. And here's where the jam intrusion comes in. Oh, oh no. Because quick. we can't just let you get away for two turns. Are you sure? You'd fully get away at that point. So Misha, take a jam intrusion point. Who do you want to give your other point to? I want to give it to Shock yes. because this is a very personal Shock thing. And also I think Hallie is all full with her XP, so I want to give one. I only have three. <laughs> only three XP. Well, I only had one, so this is beneficial to me. Anuki's claws let go from the metal of the ladybug. But then you hear a tearing of fabric. Or not fabric, of what are tarps made out of? Canvas. Canvas because one of her claws gets stuck in the three tarps on the back of the ladybug. Oh, oh no, canal! <laughs> Obsidian Anuki hasn't been injured yet, so she's still asleep, but it is weighing down the ladybug. Tom, I know you also had an idea, but I have, a, I have also one. You go first. I wanted to wrap Anuki up in the tarps oh. and then just push her off oh. so that we can get away. I don't want the tarps to go because I like them. She's kind of big, though. She's a big dragon, Hallie. <laughs> but, now, yeah, but she's a big dragon that's already stuck there with the one little Yeah, for, for reference, Hallie, only the hand is caught in the tarp <laughs> because that takes up like half of the tarp. The single claw. Okay, well... I mean, you can still do it. I'm not I'm not stopping you. I'm just... <laughs> I find it funny. If you take the three tarps and extend them all out, you probably have enough surface area no, to wrap up a Nuki in a nice I, little, like... Just imagine, like, tiny hopper scotch just, like, waving his arms. Tying the tarp. Isn't it easy? Like... In a nice little dragon wrap. Okay, I didn't realize... I don't know. I have a hard time with a Nuki size because she's baby to me. So I always envision her as baby size. That's fair. A Nuki in reality is probably about the size of the tarps. Obsidian Anuki is just meant to be absurdly large because... Yeah, I'm just getting my Anukis crossed. But actually, though, if her claw is stuck in it, 
If we could immobilize her claws, that would be good for us. You just wrap them up. Like when you wrap up like a kitten's paws so they can't scratch you when they go to the vet. Oh. Or how I had to have baby mittens so I didn't do that to my face when oh, no. I was an infant because I fucking loved scratching my face. <laughs> so they needed to get little baby mittens for me. Let me tear my skin, <laughs> mother. I mean, I'm... <laughs> I'm fully on train of just cutting the tarps free while, if you love me, let me go, plays tragically in the background. I mean, this is all about how we have to move on from the past. Maybe we have to move on from the tarps, Allie. Let's, let's tag team tie off the tarps. You get one side, I'll get the other one. Okay, we'll be tarp buddies. We'll be tarp buddies. So I will say Hop is the one doing it. Ellie, you're giving him an asset on that. Here I go. 20. It's my first roll of the night, and it's a 20. Holy shit. (laughs) So you get a major effect with that. What do you want it to be? Feels so happy. What if, like, she's got her hand stuck in it already, but then it, like, gets stuck on her horns? What if she becomes lightly entangled in the tarps because they're all connected together and there are three of them and you said that might be the approximate (laughs) size to do my original plan. And with a You can hear the screaming wind as the scream of the dragon gets further and further away. Not only because Anuki is falling, but also because it is muffled by her being completely enveloped in the tarp. Shock was getting ready to cut this dragon loose and then just beholds all of the amazing work of the rest of the party. He's just like, you you did it. Gun it, Misha. We can get out of here. Misha will do a thumbs up and floor it. And you are now four steps away. It is Anuki's turn. And now it's back to you. (laughs) There is one obstacle in your way. You have gunned it. Anuki is now assuming things go all right, but a distant memory. But you're not out of the woods yet, because while most of the shards that made up her are falling, a few have been picked up by the air and returned to this shell surrounding the Prileman ruins where Aegon is hiding. And you're going to hit it this turn if you don't do something about it. I've got this. And Shock's going to pull out the cylinder from Dawn. A gift to us from another adventuring party from all those years ago. Years real lifetime, not not years in game time. It's like two months. It's been two months, but all those years ago, the very first bonus episode that I edited, we were given this as one final item for the finale. And I've always just been imagining it as like a jar that you open up and then the energy just shoots out. So my vision was to have Shock lean out one of the claw holes, unscrew the cap, and just aim it at the side of a shell and watch it just blast a hole in it, unless that is not at all how you wanted that to work. You have a knotted jar full of nearly infinite energy. You can use it how you like. Okay. Um, Ellie Badge, you may want to hold, hold on to me so I don't accidentally fall out. I don't know how, uh, how violent this is going to be. Ellie will, like, grab onto the side of the ladybug and then grab onto Shock's waist and, like, clamp her fingers down as tightly as she can onto the ladybug. Ellie, give me a might roll, and Ari, give me a driving roll. Oh, okay. I'm gonna do one level of effort for it. 
And I didn't need that because I rolled a 20 because I rolled my actually good Ooh. purple die and not the one that Hallie gave me. Wow. And now that one isn't cursed. So I'm keeping the blue. The mine are good. <laughs> you cursed the die you sent me. Let me roll before you pick your major effect because you might need to save me. I gotta do what level? E13. Shock, you grab this jar full of the energy of the heart of Charmande, something you haven't thought about in what feels like years. <laughs> and you lean out of the window, just being grabbed Aww. by Ellie, who probably does not look nearly as determined as you do. Ellie's terrified. And you pop open the jar, raw, nearly infinite energy pours out of this knotted jar like a giant flashlight. And some of it does reflect, but only enough for the setting sun's light to be completely enveloped by this harsh blue, which singes the edges of the sphere of obsidian glass. And through this hole, Misha, you just expertly dive through the cloud. And inside of it, the bright light continues, fully illuminating the inside of this sphere. And you see Obsidian Bay and all of the mines underneath, which look like the uprooted roots of a tree. After swirling your way around, the blue light starts to fade and it's instead replaced by the green lights of Prilema, the things that help it flow, the light that was B. B is this green energy, and this energy powers all of the ruins. And by this green light, you're able to park yourself on this small patch of square ceramic somewhere in the roots of the ruins. Parkour! <laughs> I don't know why I thought that, but I did. As you just like normally park a car, you're like parkour, parkour. The like, little the little step legs of the ladybug do some parkour. Flip, flip. Skittering over the building. There's just this really bad hard rock intro to like Infinite Steam from Sonic. Oh my god! Super cool parkour. Carcore. Carcore. <laughs> I was doing a pun on parking, and now it's becoming way more cursed. I peaked. I'm so What's sorry. up, bros? <laughs> it's just the ladybug in like a jacket. What's up, guys? Today we're gonna do some tricks on the Prileman ruins. Misha did so well that the ladybug gained sentience. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Misha's done so well that we all have skateboards now, and this is a skate park. <laughs> gonna shred down through the mines yeah we're gonna you now are having a shred competition this is turned into tony hawk's pro skater very serious finale <laughs> every single leg of the ladybug has a little skateboard so that it can individually <laughs> such a hazard <laughs> hundreds of wheels so many fucking wheels okay every other one so that the other one but can if do you it. have skateboards on each of your legs that just makes them roller skates. But <laughs> even better, that's where the Heelys. They have. They have that's where the Heelys we have came from. As God predicted, here they are. <laughs> the ladybug. Oh, I'm God. sorry. You can continue. You can continue. I'm not sure we can because I was about to say something serious when we landed. Okay, go ahead. No, I'm so I'm serious. No, I can so say it. You have all landed. Is the last thing that happened. As we land, Chalk is, of course, hauling himself back in, putting aside the jar. 
making sure that he has everything like on his person is ready to like hop out the now gaping open back of our of our ladybug and just looks back to the party and says i i love you all let's go save everybody i love you too shuck hop will just smile and nod and adjust his little shield like he's getting ready to go and say let's go Ellie's gonna go for the group hug just real quick. Yeah. I know we're in a rush, so she's not gonna, like, draw it out or anything. And then she's just gonna, like, pat her children on the back. Aww. Thanks, Mom. (laughs) (laughs) Ellie is, like, definitely not tearing up. She's cool and collected and composed and very tough and not squishy. She's just so buff that her eyes are sweating. <laughs> oh, God, oh, gross. <laughs> all right. With the hug concluded, I'm guessing we all just, like, storm out the back and make our way to the weird archway elevator place. Yeah. Yeah. It's still here. There is no wind. You see the green lights, which running through the ruins and powering them, keeping them afloat, looks like still lightning. There's no hum, no sound, just the color reflecting off of the obsidian shell. Surrounding and protecting this place from time, reality, everything else. It takes you a second to recognize where you are. Because last time you were in here, it was walled in wasn't an open air space but you eventually recognize certain things you recognize a few of the eight foot tall panels as well as these six tubes which are connected in the center of the room around where it used to be a pod and next to all of it you can see in this corner a long since decommissioned disassembler the room where you fought marshall and reawakened the apocrypha Now, as you remember, the way back was not super clear, but Shock, you remember and can uncover a little scuff in the ground, a line where you had left a trail of breadcrumbs to lead you back out of this place, and... It was a good plan. Yeah. It was a good plan, and it's going to help you when you most need it. So, follow the trail of breadcrumbs... You walk past the wooden shed where you had found a few ciphers and the Marshall box. You walk over this archway, which at the time was this perilous pit, but now everything's a perilous pit because it's all open air. You eventually make your way to a 3x3 configuration of tiles, which, as you walk up to them, rise up like a circular staircase. You make your way up the stairs... You make your way into the patio space that was kind of in the back of Obsidian Bay, and you walk forward past these large columns that when you first saw them were built into the mountain to see the space where everything began. Before we continue, I have another kind of point of no return thing. So before we go into this, I'm assuming, Shock, you're recasting Resonance Field. Yes. Hop, I'm assuming you are recasting Punish the Guilty, which makes you do two extra damage to anyone you declare guilty. As well as Defend the Innocent, which is an automatic applier. Yeah, we had misunderstood the rules and given Hallie a better version of her tier six ability all the way back at tier four. Oops. 
So all you need to know is My that bad. <laughs> all speed defense is two steps easier automatically for everybody except for Hop. Well, uh, no, including Hop, because you have, they're getting your bonuses. <laughs> is there any final prep you want to do? Any like action heals or any last words to each other? All right. You walk past these columns and find yourself back in Obsidian Bay. And it looks the same as it did all that time ago. A rectangular courtyard with two trapezoidal buildings at the side, a fountain in the center, and a misplaced ceramic pod lying near the edge. Pretty sure that one hit Hop. I can't remember. It hit somebody. But when covered by the green light reflected in the glassy obsidian sky, all of those features look so alien, so unnerving. Or maybe that's Aegon. He's hard to spot at first. The armor of the courtyard's knight blends in so perfectly with the infected obsidian ground, and he stands next to the center fountain with such a deadly stillness that you could confuse him for part of the scenery. In the end, it's the eyes, the only part of Lowell visible underneath Aegon's armor, that give him away. And in those eyes lies no friendship or hesitation. Only fierce, unyielding determination. It sure is nice to finally see you face to face, Loyal. He doesn't respond. Shock isn't going to say anything, but he'll slowly start to get closer. Not like, he won't walk right up to Loyal, but he'll get a bit closer and glance around the arena to see if there's anything else like hiding or, or any traps or anything that's been set. I won't have you roll. The obsidian glass, which was kind of haphazardly on the ground earlier, is now perfectly in place. It is locked together. What was a cobblestone courtyard is now all obsidian. When you get closer, you can see things moving around his armor and occasionally passing his eyes. It was weird you hadn't found any spiders here. And that's because all of the spiders were either being sent to the wheel or being kept close to the person who needs them. But beyond that, nothing. It is just you and him in the Apocrypha. So I'm just supposed to stab him, right? That's right. I'm not going to waste my time by asking him to surrender. I do believe stabbing and other methods of harm are the best choice at this point. Things that I, frankly, have wanted to do for a while. The scarf pulls out <laughs> your dagger, which has been holding this whole time, yes. and waves it in agreement. Look, I know you all know this, but be careful. I'm not sure how much closer we should get. Something about this is really off. Hmm. We should stick close together when that happens. This should be all of us that go in. Hopper nods. But if he's just going to stand there and let us... And Shock will start warming up the left glove with the cutting light. Can always burn off some spiders. So who makes the first move? I do. Okay. Ellie, I want you to roll me speed defense. Which is two steps easier for you. He's seven. Well. <laughs> Good thing you've got armor. I have armor. <laughs> you didn't see it at first. Not fast enough to respond to it. As you go to stab him with Red's blessing, Ellie, you are instead hit first 
by a massive warhammer, knocking you a dozen feet backwards and dealing 12 points of damage before armor. And Aegon stands there for a second, in his new pose, before slowly shifting back and slamming the warhammer on the ground causing from its bottom a ripple of obsidian glass to extend outwards. It's time to roll initiative. Welcome to the announcement break for Quest Friends episode 81, The Obsidian Cloud, part 8. I am Kyle, your GM, and our intro song is Friends by Miracle of Sound. Remember last episode when I mentioned that Hallie is GMing a ghosty game called Afterlife Wandering Souls on the Twitch channel twitch.tv slash thecritshow? Well, she's still doing that every Monday from now through the end of October 2021. It is an absurdly fun game with a great cast and with Hallie playing a whole bunch of fun NPCs, most notably the Boatman, a super cool reaper with a completely unidentifiable accent. Is he Italian? Is he Russian? Yes. Also no. So if you'd like to catch up on old episodes and watch new ones every Monday at 7 p.m. Central Time, you can check out twitch.tv slash thecritshow or just click the link in the description. Down in the description, you're also going to find a link to our Twitch page because we are going to be live streaming our final episode, which is next. There's only one session left in the campaign after this. The episode will be releasing on our four year anniversary, Saturday, September 25th, and the time will be publicly revealed on social media and in a additional post on this feed next week. The stream will be split up into a listen-along of the final episode, a half an hour or so break, which has some really fun stuff going on there, and then a live stream Q&A. So keep an eye out on this feed and on our social media in the upcoming week, and follow us on twitch.tv questfriends so you'll be informed exactly when we go live. Finally, if you'd like to submit a Q&A question for the Q&A portion of that stream, Our end of campaign survey is still open and will be open until 11.59 p.m. Central Time on Friday, September 24th. So please, if you haven't been able to take the time to look at that yet, it'd really mean a lot if you could give any feedback you have. All right, that's all I've got for you today. As I said, the next episode, the final episode of this campaign, The End, will be releasing on Saturday, September 25th. I'll see you then.
I rolled a five. I rolled a 20. Whoa. Whoa. I don't know that I've ever rolled a 20 on initiative. I may have. But I do know that this is probably the only 20 that I will roll. This is my first ever roll with the special die you uh, got me, the d20. Oh my god, let's see if it's cursed, because mine is cursed. It's your dice. I got a four. (laughs) No, I wanted you to be before me. Before. And Hallie, what did you get? An eight. I thought I was going to be last, but here I am, second in the order. It's fine. We'll, we didn't account initiative into our plan. It's okay. You just have to revise. This is fine. It's a new die. It just needs to be broken in. Oh, yeah. This kind of fucks up my plan, doesn't it? <laughs> Look, it's, fi- it's fine. If I go last in the order, then that means I'm just setting up for next turn, you know? Okay. It's great. Okay, okay. Yeah. All right. So that puts you, unsurprisingly, first in the initiative order, Ellie. You have now been pushed back. I'm going to say he threw you against one of the trapezoidal buildings, the one that was previously named the Coal Train Bar. I will also be outright with you for this phase, at least. Aegon is level eight, and he is very ready to fight. Great. Well, my most useful things are currently not applicable, but that's okay. I can still hit him. Hit him good. Hit him good. What are you going to hit him with? My chair. Nice. Yeah, boy. Classic. Bringing back the chair. Yeah. All right. So Aegon has pulled out his war hammer. And then similarly, Ellie unsheaths her chair as like, here is my weapon. <laughs> yeah, it's so cool. Like, oh, man. You have a hammer. I have a chair. Like, that would be a trailer from an action movie. Of course, friends. Give me a roll to whack him with your chair. Okay, okay, okay. I should have put like all my edge that I have built up into one tool. <laughs> I'm honestly surprised you didn't. <laughs> I was trying to balance things out better. But I showed you the way, and you did not listen. <laughs> Are you trained in any attacks? Y- yes. Specialized, I think. I'm specialized in heavy bashing weapons. Okay, so you have one free <laughs> level of effort, and you have your specialization, so it's already three steps easier for you. A rolled a 16. Okay, so oh. you do hit, and you do, it looks like seven points of damage. Oh. Yeah. How do you whack him? So he threw Ellie back, and then she, like, staggers to her feet ungracefully, holds up her hand. I'm good! Unsheathes her chair, and then just, like, books it and whacks him across the head. And it hits him for five points of damage total, so an armor of two, and it knocks his head to the side. And the head slowly turns back to you. Oh, God. As you can see the dead eye staring. Not a fan of that. And instead of moving his warhammer hand, he moves his other hand, and you can hear a rustling underneath before just a gush of obsidian tiles is shot at you. And I need you to roll speed defense. Okay, and I'm gonna do another two levels. I rolled another 16. Oh. 
He shoots the glass at you. But this time you're prepared for unexpected attacks and you are able to duck out of the way as he shoots the obsidian shards at you. And they hit and stick to the trapezoidal wall you were previously on. And that is one of his two actions because each turn he gets an Apocrita action and he gets a hammer action. And for his hammer action, he is going to take his hammer and he is going to swing it in a semicircle fashion at anyone who is standing directly in front of him. Which, from what I understand, is all of you. So I'm going to need everyone to roll speed defense. Okay. Because nobody would have moved back at all when he just chucked Ellie? Well, we all... We're all assumed to be in immediate range, I guess, for this fight, so... Yeah, yeah. no, I... This is fair. That's just how the game works. We're all up there. I'm gonna spend one level of effort at the speed. Going to be... Uh, what is this? This is a... Oh! Oh, this is a seven. Okay. It's not good, but I thought it I thought it was a one, but it's not. I got a fifteen and I applied one and then I, got I will apply six levels of effort. Jesus. Right, because you have your staff that will block you, right, Chuck? Yep, I can take that all from int. And what did you roll, Hallie? Twelve with one level of effort from me, and then I'm trained in my uh And Chuck? I rolled a fourteen. Okay. He swings past Ellie. And at first you're like, oh man, I, I'm perfect at dodging him. But you realize you aren't who he's targeting anymore, Ellie. It hits Hop, it hits Misha, and then it goes and it hits your staff, Shock, and locks for a second before you knock it away. Don't you dare hurt them. He did hurt them for eight points of damage. Ow. All right. My babies! All right, Hop, it is your turn. Okay, um... So question, Warhammer, very big, right? I assume it is very big. Yes, Warhammer, very big. I would say it's probably twice as big as his head, like the top part of it. Right. And OK, so disarming him via lasso, probably not an easy thing to do. No, probably not. And is he so Obsidian Lowell, not normal sized person, very big person? So this is not Obsidian Aegon. This is just Aegon. Oh. He's just in a suit of armor. He doesn't have Obsidian plating or anything. He's just in his Angulan Knight's armor. And the only thing different about him than usual is he's got all those spiders on him Mm -hmm. and he can, you know, shoot the glass at you. Real good. Real good. Okay. Um... I'm either going to try disarming him or I'm going to activate analytical combat, which takes a round to study movements. So I want to study how he holds the hammer, ETC, to see if there's like a certain part of his swing, maybe that his grip is looser or if I can predict which way the hammer is going to go based on his stance. Yeah. So you how does Hop see the world when he does this analytical combat? All right, so he's just been knocked back by this giant warhammer. And then he looks up and it's just the hammer like coming back up from the hit. And he is watching Aegon's feet to see if the ankles shift a stance. And he's watching the hand especially. He doesn't look super like he's studying anything because he doesn't want to give away his plan. But he is very focused on just watching Aegon's movements. Yeah, absolutely. So I don't know how the best way to swing a warhammer is. But also, the Angulan Knights definitely wouldn't know either. So what I'll say is, based on his motion, he kind of, he puts everything into his swings. And as such, he kind of loses control over the swing the closer to the end of it he gets. Like, right when he's about to hit somebody, 
The hammer slides out a little bit. His ankles twist. The hammer at the end of his swing is moving more of its own control rather than he is. So if you were able to try to yank it out partway through the swing, it would be two steps easier. Okay. If you tried to do it normally, I'd still make it one step easier for you because you did some analyzing and you saw some other things, but you really want to get it when he's attacking. Okay. Thank you. All right. It is Misha's turn. Okay. So I am thinking of using... um concussion but like you know i don't know how close everybody is but like i don't know maybe you they're can all right next splash to splash damage splash damage we're, we're all in the blast <laughs> but do it you are all in the blast zone well i mean you know what is like five points of damage right like you hopefully can take it i don't know but it's over half um like hear me out i wanted to do it specifically at the hand because i both have concussive force from a point you choose so what if the point i choose is his hand and so like if it extends in all directions and his hand is like lifted upward <laughs> it might hit somebody but it's not like <laughs> somebody in front of him you know it's in his hand which is raised you know what i mean <laughs> it's just raised it's in the yeah, air let me let me look up the details of concussions so that you don't have to say it out loud you were like what if we just put the point in his hand instead of like away from the fight off to the side so it just clips him on the edge <laughs> i guess that is also a possibility that's outside of the spirit of things and you know it tom <laughs> i know i know but it does say a point you choose Okay, all right. I want to spend three levels of effort for this. So let's, let's, let us. That's a 14. So how about that? How do you let off the concussive blast? I mean, basically, Misha is just super fed off with Loyal at this point, obviously, but now more so that he has just hurt their friends at this moment, even though he has done it in the past too and everybody else and whatever. So like, they are just focusing all of the like anger they feel towards Loyal and like, I've been waiting for this. Like they've been <laughs> waiting for this specific moment where they can actually punch Loyal in a way that's significant. And they're like focusing all of that pure rage and like excitement at his hand. And all of this fury, this anger is combining in this massive concussive blast that's focused on his hands. And none of you hear it. You just see a singular finger of his hand twitch. Oh, uh, what? As he takes one point of damage. What? Because the attack fails. Oh, no. Welcome to level eight times, my oh, friends. Oh, no. Oh, God, it was missed by one point, wasn't it? Cause Don't like that. With three steps lower, that was a 15 target. Oh. oh, so if I had just rolled one higher than 14. Oh, man. Welcome to what a real Cypher System boss fight looks like, kiddos. I'm so sorry. It's okay. I'll try again later. It's effort time. All right, Chuck, what are you going to do? Shock is going to stare Lowell right in the eyes and just say, no. And like that, everything is going to freeze around him as I activate Three's time. You cause time to stop flowing everywhere within immediate range for one minute. The effect immediately ends if you leave the area or use an action to end it early. This affects everything in the area except me. Affected creatures are frozen in the moments of the esoteric, and when it ends, they resume what they were doing as if no time had passed. Affected creatures and objects are impervious to all damage and cannot be moved or manipulated. You, and everything outside the area, act normally. So this is a difficult power to use. 
It specifies that you can't move anything in the target area, you can't harm anything in the target area. I can't just freeze time and wail on Lowell. I can't freeze time and push Lowell off a cliff, or take his hammer out of his hand, or do any fun shenanigans like that. So I thought for a while on how I could best use this. I, and my items, can be moved, which means I can set up the environment in a way that works better for us. So while this all happens, everything is frozen, Shock is going to walk behind Lowell and take out an artifact I have had for a very long time. At long last, saved for this moment, the String of Binding. An artifact that allows me to bind together any two limbs of the target, who then cannot use an action with bound limbs. The string can continue to extend and bind two additional limbs on each subsequent turn. A tricky thing about that, though, mm -hmm. is that you won't be able to, like, put them close together. It's going to have to be a loose knot because you can't move any parts of his body. Yes, so that's essentially where this gets dicey. It can't complete the binding until time unfreezes. My understanding is that, like, the artifact itself is animate. It's not like I am tying a literal rope around him. It's like a living piece of tech that goes out and tries to tie itself tight. So it will presumably try to constrict once time unfreezes again. So I'm going to start by just tying right arm to right leg, right leg to left leg, and then should I be allowed a third turn, left leg to left arm. Give me a roll. All right. Is this something where effort would be applicable or is just a straight D20 roll? Let's just do a straight D20 roll because we're just kind of like... Sure, sure. We're flavoring how things are going, you know? Just to get the tension up, what sort of numbers am I looking for here? I am going to say we're going to do a 3-3-3. Three, three, three. If you get under 7, bad times. If you get between 7 and 15, you get two of the limbs. If you get 16 and above, you get all three. Okay, okay. Works for me. Can I use an XP to re-roll that? Good. <laughs> it's not a one. No. It's not a one. It's a seven. Oh, God. Yes, you can re-roll that with an XP. All right. This die is fucking cursed if I roll another bad use thing. Use a different one. Ugh. You sure you want me to use a different one? No, don't listen to me about dice. Don't listen to me. I mean, I've been planning this move since the start of the campaign. It's all been building up <laughs> to this one singular moment. <laughs> How do you how do you re-roll using experience? I can feel Lowell or the cloud or something fighting back. Shock might have tapped into the powers of Argent and made time itself flow according to his whim, but something is stirring against that, and it is taking extreme focus, and Shock is drawing upon many warm memories to maintain clarity in this moment, focusing on just this moment. No time is passing. No time is passing. No time is passing. 14. Okay. This die is going off to the side for now. We're bringing out the classics. You're speaking, you're speaking, you're speaking, you're projecting that thought out into the world. There is no time, there is no time, there is no time. But you're right. You are plugged into all of this. But the Apocrita is plugged into you. So as you're saying, no time is passing, no time is passing, you could swear you see Aegon's eyes turn towards you. I was afraid of this. And before time returns, you just hear a voice respond. Then why don't you let me make it so? 
Fuck. <laughs> and that is where time is... resumes. And everyone else just sees Shock now suddenly behind Lowell, binding an arm and two legs, just screaming, Fuck. And his <laughs> arm hits his right leg. His right leg hits his left leg. And he flops to the ground. Yes. Oh, perfect. Yes. And I will say it'll be two steps easier to hit him while he's like this. Nice. Yes. Elliot, it's your turn. Yes. Yes. Here's our chance for an all-out attack. (laughs) Time for Operation Thanos. This is what we've been planning in the other chats. (laughs) Okay, 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 okay. Ellie doesn't even have a second to think about the fact that Shock is saying bad words again. (laughs) I have a new skill that I have not used before. It is called Finishing Blow. If a foe is like stunned or prone or disarmed or bound in some way, you can inflict... I wrote down six on here, but I think it's actually eight. What? Yeah, eight additional points of damage. And then I'm going to add an extra level of effort to hit. Okay. Give me a roll. (laughs) 19! 19! Oh, yes! So, you by by default are going to do 15 points of damage. Now, you can either have a minor effect... Or you can do an additional three points of damage on top of that. I think I'd like to do extra damage because I feel like he has a lot of health. He has a lot of health. He has a lot of health. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Okay. Okay, that's good to know. (laughs) All right, so Aegon has had his arms bound, his legs bound, and there's a little bit of worry in his eyes as he realizes what's happening. And then he gets clocked with a chair. How do you you hit him and do extra damage? Very rarely do people look up at Ellie. (laughs) But today, Aegon looks up at Ellie. And she looks down at him and smirks and raises up the chair straight back over her head and just, like, brings almost her whole top half of her body down with it as hard as she possibly can. You hit him with the chair. Not hard enough to poke a hole in it, but hard enough to dent. And in his response to it, he looks back at you, determined and filled with rage, but he can't swing his warhammer on one side. He can't move it. But he can use his other hand. And so you see his hand on the left side start to twist and move, and eventually it pushes down. And I need everyone to roll speed defense again as a wave of tiles emerges from around him and tries to hit all of you. Right, I'm gonna spend one level of effort. Samesies. And that was a 12. Spend another six levels of effort. Mine was 11. Mine was a 13. Oh, a three. Ooh. Am I getting anything from Hopper at this point? Yeah, you're getting stuff from Hopper still, right? You're all, yeah. Hoppers. Yeah, you get two defense automatically. So, Shock, how do you dodge this wave? Shock is just going to do a classic platformer boss jump. <laughs> like, the wave of tiles comes, and Shock just, like, I think he even uses the string of binding as a, like, bit of tension and, like, springs up over the tiles as they sweep by. Meanwhile, the rest of you aren't quite prepared for that. Time has just come back for you. 
and you're still getting used to it a bit, still trying to register what's happened. So all of you get hit by this wave of tiles, causing six points of damage, but more importantly, gluing all of your feet oh. and Ellie up to probably her legs in place. Oh, no. Oh, that's not good. That, that, that's no good. Good thing you could lasso. Pop, but it's your turn. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to lasso, but whether I'm going to get the Warhammer out of that one prone hand, just, just to get it away. I'm debating whether I should do that or try to lock down the other hand with my lasso. But but if I try to do that, the thing at the other end keeping that arm tethered is hop. And that's probably not that's a ba- as strong. I'm just going to tell you flat out, that's a bad idea. <laughs> no, I'm just going to I'm going to lasso the Warhammer, please. OK, give me a roll to lasso the Warhammer. It's two steps easier in general. And then it is one step easier because you can't swing. And then one step easier from training. So by default, all of it together without any effort is four steps easier. Okay. And I'm going to put two levels of speed effort. Eleven. You successfully. Yay! How are you doing the last wing? Are you throwing it or are you more carefully getting it on and pulling? Carefully. Hop was actually going to get up a little bit closer and try to do some parkour to, like, try to get the hammer to swing in his direction so that he could do his thing of getting it mid-swing. But things changed very, very, very quickly for him. So suddenly he's stuck. Shock is over there. Aegon is incapacitated, so he'll shake himself out of a moment because the chief thing he sees is that the Warhammer is easier to grab. So then he will pat around for his lasso, whip it out, swing it around, and just, like, do a mighty big yank. (laughs) But that's after very carefully lining up the shot because that's who he is as a person. He's a careful cowboy. He's a careful cowboy. So he does this (laughs) very careful, then this hectic throw, and then this very careful pull out. And it is difficult to pull. Honestly, normally I would have you apply might effort to this as well, but I don't want to overcomplicate it with multiple rolls. So I'm just going to say you are slowly pulling the hammer out. Yeah, I imagine it's not. The yank was just to like get it loose to begin with. And now he's like pulling the rope back to him, like the hammer. (laughs) It's not going super fast because he is not that strong. This is everything I dreamed of. By the time we get to his next turn, the hammer will be out, but probably not before then. I'm he's trying. I'm I'm working on it. Misha. So, like, the thing that, like, stuck our feet, how sticky is it and can it be undone with a shiv or, like, (laughs) a dagger or that? Like, can you cut through it? Uh, it is the glass tiles. You know what? In that case, I think I'm gonna just do uh, concussive force again. Okay. And spend the next P to not hit people. Misha doesn't want (laughs) to concuss their friends. Yeah. (laughs) What are you targeting now? So I don't want to ruin Hopper's thing by suddenly like putting a concussive force through his lasso. Well, so he's I- pulling it back. <laughs> okay, Peter Quill. So I actually want to do it on the other hand. Okay. Like he has another hand. Like that would probably hurt it somehow. And I want to spend four levels of effort. Uh, that was another 14, but I spent another level of effort than before, so I assume it probably made me succeed. I don't yes, know. Yes, because he's also two steps easier to hit. Oh, so that's, that's right. right. <laughs> so you're targeting his hand. His, like, left hand, like the one that doesn't have them, because I don't want Yeah, so his left hand is going, it's making more motions. And it's going to lock you in place next turn. And you just hit the inside of it. And all his fingers splay back, like pretty far back, stretched to like just the uncomfortable degree. Oh no. And he loses five might points, one for each finger. 
god, I should have aimed for the head. All right. <laughs> We're doing the Thanos maneuver. You should have aimed for the head. I. <laughs> Shock, it's your turn. Shock will move closer to Hopper and the rest of the group as a whole just to be, like, better able to help or be protected. Can he move? He's not stuck. Oh. Yeah, I, I jumped right over it. I Shock is spending way too much effort on dodging, but that's a different matter. I'm definitely spending <laughs> yeah. way too much on dodging, but I also really don't want to get hit. This is probably why Kyle thought that Shock was in danger of dying, because <laughs> Tom is so reckless. Reckless? I'm just fighting it full burn. I'm... Full burn, exactly. This is like... an endurance fight. <laughs> this is the only fight that is an endurance fight I... that's going to last longer than probably four turns. I do one thing well. And I'm going to do it well here. And it's spending six levels of effort. <laughs> so anyway, while this is happening, cutting light warms up in Shock's left hand. And he's going to he's gonna gather up a mighty beam. Let's think this through here. Let's take a look. Ooh, that's a lot of intellect I've used. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, exactly. Oh boy. Mm-hmm. We're still in phase one of the boss fight. How many phases? Should we spend three? Yeah, three and three. That works. I'm gonna spend three levels of effort to hit three levels of effort to damage. Okay, so it's going to be five steps easier to hit because he's locked. Yep. So I just need a nine or higher. Oh, oh, oh fuck. My, no. Um, I'm torn because I don't want to do something boring, but also like I don't have a good idea of what I want to do with my XP and I've only got the one left. Ah, fuck it. One more reroll for the road just as a treat. As <laughs> a treat. So... Shock is going fully beyond his limits and drawing upon like all of Misha's power from the data sphere, all of this untapped energy that Misha has in their connection to the data sphere. So that like, I'm gonna frame it as Shock just straight up fires two beams, like fires a beam, misses because he's running around, fires a second one again, not even breaking a sweat. He doesn't care. But I did roll a nat 20 on the second oh, one. Oh yeah! Okay, so I, if it's alright, I'm gonna change your flavoring. Okay. And do you want a major effect or more damage? Can I melt through his faceplates? I don't know what mechanical effect this should have, but I want to destroy, like, the face part of his helmet. Ooh. We'll melt his armor with this. So what does your attack do normally? So it's five at base, plus nine should be 14 total. And we're gonna cut through armor with this one. Ooh. Can I flavor this also that, like, after Misha did the hand, they thought, oh, I should have gone for the head, and then Shock shot the thing, and Misha just, since they're, like, since Shock is taking Misha's data sphere connection or whatever, it, like... They just have a mental high five. Yeah. Yeah, instead of it missing, I think what will happen instead is you run in front, you get ready, the charge goes up, and then the glowing light disappears for a second out of the cutting light and then gets a second burst of power from your XP and your natural 20. And it just blows an immense, enormous light straight at his face. Cutting, in fact, to the next phase. Oh no. Oh. What? This was the first phase. You blast off his armor and the mask goes away, the eyes illuminating with the fiery light which shaves away the rest of his helmet. Revealing underneath, Lowell, but not as you expect him. At first you think maybe you singed him because his thick auburn hair is now just a few thin strands. But then you see the rest of his face. The pale skin with bits flaking off Ooh. and other parts that had flaked off long ago. 
sunken out eyes with deep rings inside of them. A mouth that is stuck in place with rigor mortis. And all of you see underneath his armor what Aegon Stormbreaker has been all along. Nothing more than a corpse puppeted by denial. Hmm. You know, I think at this point, let's cut straight to phase three. What? What? That's not how numbers work. Ma'am, 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 I'm an accountant. There was going to be a phase two where Anuki came back. But since you've revealed his face, I feel like not cutting straight to the chase would be a bit wrong. Snap. Snap. Effortlessly. He breaks the threads of the string of binding. He raises oh. his non-Warhammer hand to the sky. No. And as you all look up, you see the still shell of the outside barrier shake. And a deep earthquake-like rattling reverberates through all of the cloud. And the shards start falling. Everyone roll speed defense. Man! I'm going to put in two levels of effort this time. Also, I'm assuming everyone's pools are looking pretty good. Alright, uh, they're like, uh, they're better than they could be. Uh, half my int pool. Alright, cool, so n- less holding back now, got it. I don't know if I would say that. I don't know if that's the, like, alright. Two levels, yeah. Uh, I'm spending two levels of effort on this, so. Gonna spend five levels of effort. <laughs> oh, that was an 18. Uh, I rolled a 17. I rolled a four with two levels of effort. 15. The shards start raining down from on high. None of you get hit except for Hopper, who's hit for six points of armor-piercing damage, as you are too distracted by the Warhammer, which you yank out right as it happens. So what's going to happen now is every turn, in addition to Aegon getting his actions, shards, infinite falling shards, are going to fall on the battlefield. And every time one of them falls, Something bad on the level of a GM intrusion will happen. Ooh. Oh boy. Okay. Okay, okay, okay. And here's the first thing. The shards hit the ground. They hit Hop. The rest of you can dodge them deftly. Oh no, Hopper. And when they hit the ground, some immediately attach to the ground, but others plink off. And these loose ones start rolling back, first hitting his leg, and then his stomach, and then his arms. Obsidian glass shards, all covering Aegon Stormbreaker. Oh, here it is. Making him taller than he ever was before. Ten feet tall. God damn it. Covered in these obsidian shards that eventually form a new immovable mask over no. his forehead, his mouth, and finally, those two previously visible eyes. So that's why you were like, oh... Shock can burn away his armor. That's fine. I'll let that be your effect. Like, it doesn't fucking matter. Bunch of armor. (laughs) So the way it practically was going to work is that he normally would have, I'll tell you flat out, he normally was going to have six armor. I am going to let the two armor he had originally get cut off. So it is now down to four armor. Hey, a little bit of shred helps. All right. He has the powers of God and anime on his side now. You have now seen his final form. Ellie, what are you going to do? What I'm going to do depends on what Hallie was able to do. The Warhammer is on the ground. Yay! 
Is it a heavy weapon? It's it's a heavy weapon. Like the kind of heavy weapon that Ellie can wield at no cost? Oh, you better believe it's a... Can Ellie Badge lift a war hammer? It's like Captain America lifting the hammer, just like, oh. I knew it. Except this hammer is exclusively used by assholes. <laughs> it's true. Perfect for Ellie Badge. Oh, no. <laughs> Passing by Hop with a quick good job. And like a pitying glance. Rude. Because he's just been nailed by the shards. Ellie's going to, as she approaches, dip one of her hands down and grab a hold of the hilt of the warhammer and hoist it back over her shoulder and try to hit Aegon with his own hammer. Yeah, give me a roll for that. I'm going to say it works functionally. That You know what? Fuck it. It does eight damage. Sweet. So... Again, specialized. This is a heavy bashing weapon. It counts. It's two steps easier. Okay. Well, it's three steps because I have opportunist, which gives me an asset on a previously attacked target. Okay. And then I am going to put in a level of effort to hit 15. You grab his warhammer. How do you hit him? Ellie knows how to use a heavy bashing weapon. She's running on her little legs, and she's gonna jump to give it a little extra force. Because it's, it's, it's nice, this one has like a longer handle, so the weight of the hammer head end swings itself around really nicely. And you hit him. At this point, you can only really get to like his kneecap at best. So you hit him in the legs causing eight points of damage, minus four for his armor, causing only four points of damage. The shards reverberate a little bit, but you seem to be no closer to actually hitting the man himself, or the corpse itself. And Aegon attacks, but this time he doesn't need his warhammer, because he doesn't need non-Apocrita attacks. He doesn't need anything besides what the Apocrita will give. And so I need everyone to roll me a speed defense from the shards and a speed defense from him. And you can apply the same effort to both of them, I will say. Oh, thank God. Oh, good. Yeah, well, <laughs> see, I, 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 I cannot afford that. So yeah. like, this is too many rules. I'm just gonna just roll it without any All right. effort because, oh, hang on, this didn't roll well. Two for each, I guess. An 11 without any effort, so... I think, yeah, next turn is going to be me trying to kill because this is... Yeah, same. Okay, and what's your second roll, Ari? Oh, right, two rolls. Oops. Uh, ten. <sighs> God damn it. All right, with two levels, I got eight and nine. I'm going to spend five effort. My first one was three, and then the second roll, I rolled a 13. I rolled a 19, and I rolled a nine. The shards come first. The downpour of them continues. They hit Hop and they hit Misha, each for six points of damage through armor. Ow. Oh, Babies. Okay, that's not good. How are your pools looking, by the way? Not good. I, I want to heal next turn. I'm, I'm, I am, uh, I have two in speed and 19 in int. I have four in my three in speed and five in int, so I'm like not to zero in any, but like, you know. Well, the shards hit the ground, and as they hit the ground, 
With a massive hand, Lowell slams his hand on the ground, causing them to launch back up again in an area of effect attack that causes 10 damage to Ellie, Hop, and Misha. Okay, so now I, I am back to zero in two pools. Never mind. So Hopper's on the ground. I am uh, also zero in two pools. Oh my god, for both times. Oh my god. Very glad I decided to do the 10 as opposed to the 12, which I decided before I knew. Oh, if you had 12, uh-huh. I like I literally would be. Like, I would be at zero in everything. So, yeah. And from the shards, because the GM intrusion effect happens, are birthed four obsidian soldiers. <sighs> Okay. Okay. Hop, it is your turn. Okay, um, mm, I know, okay, um. You're at zero in two pools, right? Yeah, so can I do my spray, speedy, speedy spray? Yeah, so the first time you use a cypher, it is immediate. So that is going to put your speed pool back up to max. Oof, nice. Okay, um, and then what I would like to do, I think, is turn invisible so that I am harder to hit. How does invisible work? You become invisible for 10 minutes. While invisible, you are specialized in stealth and speed defense tasks. This effect ends if you do something to reveal your presence or position, attacking, performing an esoteric, using an ability, and so on. How do you turn invisible? Um, How does Hopper, man? He's just a man. Uh, well, he was, he is a man who once went into the data sphere to help out a friend, and he had two esoteries he just had at that time, one of which was invisibility. He didn't use it during that time, but he knew that he could. So he actually sort of recognizes that feeling that one time he had access to the power. And then when he kind of looks around at his hand, he notices that he can see through it because he just, oops, I'm in danger. I'm invisible now. It was a completely instinctual thing that he also, Hopper the man, doesn't understand. He thinks, I could use this. So when he's invisible, he's going to sneak away just a little bit from the battlefield to get behind all the obsidian soldiers. This is also an action, but if I spend one action aiming, in the next round I can make a precise ranged attack. The difficulty of the attack roll is decreased by one step, and if it is successful, it will inflict four additional points of damage. This ability is called Snipe, which I would like to marry to my Punish All the Guilty ability of attacking every foe that I have designated as guilty in an area. So essentially, I would like to sneak around behind everybody, line up several shots in a row, and then fan the hammer on everybody. Because going invisible is an action as well, you will have to spend two experience to do another action and set up the snipe. I will do that. Okay. Where are you taking a shelter? There are the columns at the far end, the big ones. There are the two trapezoidal buildings. There is a pod. And then, you know, there's a big guy in the center, but he moves a lot. Probably under one of the eaves at the trapezoidal buildings, okay. because they're trapezoids. He likes that shape. <laughs> all right, Hop, you are set up to not die and set up to hit every enemy next turn, assuming we all make it there. Misha, what are you going to do? So I want to use my spray metal, which would heal my might up to full, and I want to do a recovery roll as well. All right, so you're spraying the metal on yourself, and while you're doing that, you're doing something else. What else are you doing to heal yourself? Um... Probably Misha, by watching Shock, Fixedness, and just doing all of these machine things, kind of has learned how to do it on themselves. And so they are gonna kind of follow that things that like Shock has taught Misha how to do okay. in order to get fixed. 
They also really want to make the quippy remark to Loel, but like they are not able to at the moment. So I'm going to wait until like next just, time. You're healing yourself and you're just putting up like a finger like, wait, just one second. Let me. Yeah. So I roll. What do I roll? Is just a 20? A d6. And then you add six to that. Okay. All right. That was a three. Perfect. So Hop has gone invisible and run to God knows where. The trapezoid. Misha is just sitting there angrily healing themselves. <laughs> Shock. You have seen two of your friends almost die. And you have this towering monstrosity that is refusing every attempt for humanity in front of you, embracing this horrible mentality. What are you going to do? Misha, what is like, what is the max for your intellect pool? 30, I think. Yeah. Tom. The spray mind max was for me. That was the point of the burn at full max no, strategy. No, 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 no. Don't give it to me. Because then I could like go full throttle and now I'd be able to bump it back up to full and keep going full no, throttle. No, keep it to yourself. And that might be the better tactical move too. No, no, no. Don't give it to because me Because then I can do a lot, but... If Vicious is Shock trying to do it, they would mentally tell him not like... I'll be okay, Shock. Don't use it on me. Keep it for healing. <laughs> yeah, Shock, what are you gonna do? Actually, you hear another voice say, Are you really just gonna let them take the hit for you? Not very heroic, bud. Fuck you. And Shock is going to not heal either person yet, because we're both, like, at roughly equivalent levels right now. Okay, yeah. But... Shock is going to be standing like protectively between Misha and Lowell. Hands still raised. Shock is charging up another cutting light on Lowell. I'm going to spend three levels of effort to hit, three levels of effort to damage. So same attack as before. I'm certainly not getting the bonuses from... Actually, that's a good point, because I'm not getting the bonuses from him being tied up anymore. So this is just three levels easy. Oh, fuck. That's no good. That's not going to fly at all. Let's change that up. Five to hit, one to damage. Everything else is too risky. Whoo! 18. I, I made the wrong call. Oh, nice. Yeah! My beam just tries to melt through the layers of obsidian tiles. And as it melts through the layers, you swear you could see a little bit of the actual armor underneath before more tiles move to take its place. Ellie, you've got one more move before he starts attacking everyone. Okay, I have a question about a certain combo ability. Yeah. So on my turn, can I have Misha fling me? <laughs> because Misha was just healing, I'll say, yeah, you can have Misha fling you on your turn. All right. Let's fucking go. People kept saying to aim for the head, so <laughs> here we go. Ellie has been fretting. This is horrifying. Her children just keep getting, like, stabbed and bonked on the head. So she's trying to help Misha up after healing and looks up at Aegon and then looks back to Misha. Misha will, like, lock eyes with Ellie and, like, just not, like, unspoken, like, oh, yeah, I get, I get <laughs> you. I get, I get what you want. Ari will spend the points to fling. Emily will roll, though, to Oh, Misha will just go, hit him, mom. <laughs> Everybody's been calling her mom. Her heart is so full. I would like to argue that I am a heavy bashing weapon. 
My fists are heavy weapons. My body is a heavy weapon. I am a heavy bashing weapon. So what are you what are you hitting with? Are you just throwing like hitting with yourself? Well, you've got the hammer too. Oh, okay, okay. Then yes, I'm using his own hammer and I want to hit him in the face. Alright, so you get an asset from Ari automatically, so it's three okay. steps easier. It's four steps easier. Because I have opportunists. You got yeah, yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then I'm gonna do another level. Okay. And then I'm going to do a level to damage. Okay. Roll to attack, Ellie. <laughs> Seven. <laughs> and you used one level of effort, right? Yeah, so it was five steps easier. And he is level eight. So you needed to roll a nine or higher. No. Oh. Uh. I will say the fling works. Ellie, you get flung up. You go to hit him with your warhammer, but instead the warhammer connects to the side of his armor, and I'll say you just slide onto his shoulder. Am I just up there? You were just up there now. <laughs> you were up there by the head. Yes, perfect. He is now past 10 feet tall. He is 20 feet. Oh, God. You are on top of oh, this towering growing. figure. Oh, no. Jesus. God. I see this as a complete win. <laughs> because either you get to just smack him in the face again and again, or he's upset that you're up there, and it draws him away from Hopper and Misha. <laughs> well, yeah, let, we'll get to that in a second. Everyone except for Hopper roll to defend against the rain and against the soldiers. Just do one single roll. They're both level six to dodge. Hopper doesn't have to do any because the soldiers can't see him, but also because the trapezoid is blocking him from the rain. Oh, nice. Good. Oh, yeah. Trapezoids. I'm spending one level of effort. I'll use four, so I'll have two <laughs> int points remaining. Oh, that was an eight. Eight. What did you roll, Tom? Oh, I rolled a two. Oh, boy. (laughs) I spent two levels and I rolled an eight. Misha is hit by both the obsidian soldier and the shard for 12 points of damage. Oh, no. It's fine. And Shock, you were right. If Ellie had successfully hit Aegon, he would have been distracted by her. But boo. You're right. He's going to go after the biggest threat. He's going to go after you. Yes. Come on. Roll speed defense. Oh, wait. I wasted all my effort on the wrong attack. Oops. Oops. Just spiders. But that's okay. We were prepared for this moment. Um, I've got enough for three levels of effort. And then I still have the two from Hopper. So it's at least five steps easier. So theoretically, nine or higher, assuming he's still level eight, would be helpful. Come on, I can I can do that. That's like 50-50, yes. What the fuck does that say? Whoo! That's a 19. Oh, thank God. Good, good. I couldn't read it at first. Shock, what is your health right now? Your total pools? I have nine might, nine speed, one intellect. Okay. <laughs> Kyle trying to figure out how to not kill <laughs> well, I wanted to see if he would have died. You wouldn't have. No, that, that wouldn't have killed. But it would have gotten closer than you would like to believe. Shock, you notice just in time a spreading of the shards beneath you, which spread to the sides and spiders start crawling out. And as the shards go to converge back on you to consume you in the shards, how do you block or dodge? 
Shock is actually going to like leap up on the floating staff and almost surf it <laughs> away from the area that's being attacked. Nice. Shred it, man. <laughs> and as you surf away, you can see the other shards from the rain, because I haven't described the negative effect for that. Start climbing up to the columns at the other side of the battlefield. And you see them wrapping around the columns which you see at the bottom start breaking. Oh, no. So there are four columns that are going to, uh, on the next turn, unless something is done, be pulled down onto the battlefield. And I'll tell you flat out that they will do 15 damage if any of them hit. Ow. Oh, boy. Hop. I'm, I'm sniping. You're sniping. I'm doing my snipe. You are going to attack all enemies. Yep. Does snipe give you any benefits in that? Um, because I spent one action aiming, the difficulty is decreased by one step, and if I am successful, it will inflict four additional points of damage. Also, is this the buzzer disc launcher, or is this the Mako arm? Buzzer disc does more damage than the Mako arm. Does it? I thought they were both light. Uh, buzzer disc says four, and defibrillim says two. Would you like me to go into overdrive mode? Yes, please. How exciting! And it is now a medium weapon. <laughs> okay, yay! I'll use the defibrillib instead of the shitty buzzer gun. Okay. Um, three levels, whatever. All to hit. All right, give me five rolls. Okay. You're going to do uh, the small boys first and then Aegon last. Okay. Small boy number one. A 15. Ooh. Small boy number two. A 12. Okay. Small boy number three. A nine. Okay. Hops loose in steam. Small boy number four is also a 15. Oh, okay. All right, and then give me your roll for uh, the man in charge. Big boy. Big boy. Big boy. Big boy went under my chair. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Where did I lost it? I lost my dice. Hang on. Pooh boy. I found it. I found my dice. Big boy is 17. Ooh. So describe how Hop knocks out each of the four soldiers just clean out obliterates them and then does five points after armor to Aegon. All right. So the Mako OS asks, do you want to go into overdrive? And Hopper whispers, yes, please, because he's still sorted. And then it loudly, as I said, responds loud enough that suddenly all the soldiers in Aegon just turn to (laughs) under the trapezoid where you are. At that point, Hopper, who has been lining up a shot, very suddenly has to change his plans. So while they're all looking at him and not seeing anything, he's shuffling to the side, like just a little bit until he's like in their peripherals where they are not looking. And then he cocks back ahead and aims at the closest obsidian soldier. And he just takes the shot and it hits and he's like, yeah. And then and as soon as he goes, yeah, suddenly he appears and the other three soldiers turn to you and start marching your way. But it is too late because Hop's in the rhythm now. So he just shoots them as they're walking toward him without breaking a sweat. And then he keeps the rhythm up because he's got a good thing going and just turns and does it at Aegon, who I assume is looking at him now also, but maybe not moving towards him. And the Mako OS hits, and you can hear the burning of spiders underneath the armor getting destroyed by the defibrillim arm. Nice. Yes! And you see that some of the shards of obsidian glass seem to be breaking off. That is a good sign. He is very close to damage, but we'll talk about how close he is to damage when we get to his turn. Misha, what are you going to do? 
Okay, so if I did move mountains, like, so the columns that are falling down, would I be able to push all four if I did that? What does move mountains say you can do? Because it just says you exert a tremendous amount of physical force within 250 feet of you. You can push up to 10 tons of material up to 50 feet. This force can collapse buildings, resurrect small rivers, or perform other dramatic effects. Let me do a check. Unfortunately, I just checked up the Roman facts. A column drum weight ranges between 29 and 33 tons. Damn. Okay, so that's not... All right. Okay, but these are like fantasy columns. They're fantasy col. I'm just using a <laughs> template, all right? Damn it. If it were close, if it was like 12, maybe, but this is three times. <laughs> How could Totalis Rankium betray us in this moment? They're just the terrible columns of... I forget who... Trajan's columns, no. that's what it is. Just four it's of the them. column of Trajan. No. That's what the fact pulled up for. <laughs> no. Trajan's column, basic statistics. <laughs> Fucking Roman Donald Trump is going to kill us. We can't have just one. We have four of those, like, manliness <laughs> like statements. Each in a different pose, of course. Yeah, anyways, I have another idea. Okay. So, like, I have the barrier thing where I can create an opaque stationary barrier, but it's, like, 10 feet by 10 feet. So I don't think that's... Yeah. How big is that for protection? So 10 feet by 10 feet, I would say... So you would need to make a level six one, first off. Okay. But you can run to one person and probably get within the distance, but everyone else would have to run to where you are to be covered under the shield. Okay, so they would have to run towards it to be covered under it? Yeah, so like, for example, Shock's pretty close to you. Like, you could go next to Shock and do it, and then he'd be protected, and then... Protect mm. Hopper. I'll be fine. Sir to God, Shock, if you die because of what I do... No, it's okay. Don't worry about it. If Tom does not go under the shield with Hopper, a thing he can do and he dies, I will not forgive him for this. It's okay. Anyways, Misha, <laughs> what are you going to do? Well, then I'm going to run towards Hop and create the barrier. Yeah, and what does this barrier look like? Because this is the first time we've seen it. It is, because I actually changed an ability for this. I thought it was new. I, I was like, this seems new, but I wasn't sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It says that it looks like solid energy. It's like a translucent purple colored barrier that looks kind of like light, but also like glass in a way. But it's like all like pretty purple because yeah. that's their color now. Like it's kind of like a bit of an extension of the scarf, even though it's not. That's what I was thinking, actually. Aww. You run with the scarf and the scarf, in fact, wraps around both of you and seems to extend further than is physically possible for it. And you have this purple fabric barrier around you. Yes! That's cute. Shock. First off, because it doesn't cost me an action, I will use my Spray Mind Max on myself. So now they can't kill me because I'm at full health again. Oh, nice. <laughs> Thank God. Um... I'm torn because I feel like the most fun thing I can do right now is far step onto Lowell and try to point blank him with cutting lights. <laughs> That would be really funny. Even though it would be much safer to shoot him and retreat under Misha's shield. Yeah, that would be much safer. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. The columns can't hit you on top of Aegon. I don't have the XP to do this, so it is technically stretching the rules, but I feel like you will let me do this because it's a fun action. It says far step is an action to do, but would you let me just let that count as my movement for this turn? I, I, will, I will let you do it, but in payment, we, we have to play out this scene. Oh, yeah. So... Ellie, 
You are on top of Aegon. You see the massive columns about to come down, and you see Misha rush over to protect Hop. And you see Shock turn and start to run too. And then he disappears. And with a little... <laughs> you hear, to your horror, Shock far step right in front of you. <laughs> what the hell are you doing here? There's a shelter! I'm finishing this. And I'm going to use a cutting light point blank. God, just like directly. Just cranking out out of context quest friend spoilers. It's beautiful. Um, fuck, which die do I even use? This one was blessed earlier, so I'm going to use it. Six levels of effort, of course. Four to hit, two to damage. I'm feeling lucky. Those are your last words. I swear to God. I got a 12. That's five plus six minus four. How do you hit him for seven points of damage? So Shock far steps up to the other shoulder, says it, I'm finishing this, charges up another beam, gathering up the light in the palm of his hand, once again, just shaking with power, and just holds it to the side of the obsidian head and just lets it melt in. And the armor melts off and half of this fake obsidian helmet disappears. And like with everything else, he doesn't respond. Before Ellie's turn, a few things happen. The columns finish breaking and they all fall down to the ground. They do not hit you, Shock and Ellie, because you are on Aegon's shoulders. And Misha, you couldn't even tell, with the exception of a few flakes of rubble, that they had even touched the scarf. And you hear nothing else. The rain is stopped. But why is there a rumbling? The half of a mask that remains for Aegon looks up at the remainder of the shards in the sky, and you can see the rest of them start to congeal together into one massive push that at the end of your next round of actions will hit the ground as a level 10 attack. And if it hits, bad things will happen. He has 18 health left. You all have one round. Ellie, what are you going to do? Uh, <laughs> wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. Aegon is not using his hammer. He is disarmed. He has the Apocrita as his he weapon. He is disarmed. I mean, half of the Apocrita helmet is melted. He is disarmed and disarmored. That could be considered a minor hindrance. <laughs> those do fit the definitions of those two words. It's true. <laughs> you know, I think this is a really good argument. <laughs> How much XP are you willing to spend for that argument? My anyways, if okay, you wanna okay, if you wanna okay, hand over yeah. one XP my way, you know, sweeten the pot, sweeten the deal. I will bribe you with one XP. Okay, sure, yeah, he's disarmed. <laughs> yeah, sure, whatever. He's disarmed. What benefit do you get from that? Finishing blow. <laughs> Finishing blow! Ah, an extra eight damage for one XP. I've been conned again. This is me. <laughs> the XP botter. I'm a new character. I'm very bad at making deals. This is why Kyle doesn't bring me around much. Alright, I'll take that XP and I'll be on my way. And next to you is this jaunty man in overalls just Fuck. grabs a little token of XP and blips off somewhere into season two. <laughs> Alright, so it does eight more damage. 
I figured out how to spend the remainder of my might pool. <laughs> yes. How are you spending it? All right. So I'm going to do finishing blow. Okay. And you do have opportunist. Yep. Okay. So I have one asset from that. And then two more from natural, mm-hmm. just from hitting. So I've got three levels, and then I'm going to spend two extra levels to hit, and then I'm going to spend one to damage. Okay, so, so. you if you succeed this level two roll, you will be down to three health. <sighs> A nine? <sighs> oh god. How do you take him down to three health? He just dropped columns on her children. So Ellie clenches her hands harder around the warhammer and hoists it back over her shoulder and springs it around, attempting to hit into where Shock had burned away the armor on his face. Your mother would be disappointed in you. Oh, Jesus Christ. She deserved better. <laughs> and the other half of the armor head goes clean off. You now have this giant armor set that pieces are crumbling off of it. The facade is starting to fade away. It just needs one last person to knock it off for good. Do it. Do it combined. Hopper's just going to take a shot with the defibrillin. Misha would look at Aegon's, like, corpse face or whatnot. Huh. Well, I suppose you were the real puppet all along. It is a shame that you have pushed away all of the friends that would have come to save you and tell you otherwise. And then they would toss the bowl of ants directly at his eye. (laughs) Hop and Misha, give me a roll. I am putting in, um, three levels to hit. Yeah. Alright, that is a 16-15. So Misha, you do your line and everyone's like, yeah, yeah. God. And you go to throw the ball of ants and the craves, which take the green light and the darkness of the open sky and gives them a little bit of a party flair to them. Yeah. You're throwing essentially a disco ball at the center of Aegon. And it's going closer and closer, and hop, you notice the last second that it's not going to make it. So you turn around your defibrillin. Oh, nice. And shoot a perfect hole in the cavity, and the craves go on the inside. Nice. I love that so much. And from inside of this obsidian mass, you see multicolored lights shooting out red, yellow, blue, green, a glorious light show that becomes more and more apparent as the cracks between the shards start to increase and the shoulders that you are on, Shock and Ellie, start to collapse. So for my turn, can I pop over to Ellie and far step us both down to the ground? Please, thank you. (laughs) You absolutely can. And as you all hit the ground at the same time as the shards do, and the dust settles, and you hear very little, just the wind from the outside sky, and a few little skittering legs that are easily squashed as the spiders try to crawl out from underneath Aegon's armor and are quickly followed by a pair of ant and crave each, which defeat each of the spiders <laughs> that try to escape. Oh, that's so cute. Ants on a crave. Like, the ants are little, like, knights on the, <laughs> on the on steed. Ants, ants on a crave. crave. Ants on a crave. <laughs> 
And he's done. Face down on the earth, you can see a set of Angulan Knight's armor, which starts cracking more and more, revealing the corpse underneath. All right, then. I guess one thing left to do. And Shock is going to, like, put a hand on Ellie's shoulder because she still has Red's blessing. Misha will approach Shock and take his hand and basically tell Hopper to, like, come and take their hand. Yeah, Hopper will do that. Ellie raises Red's blessing and stabs. Ellie, roll speed defense. Unlucky 13! (laughs) No! No! The hand, barely covered at this point by the armor, grabs the warhammer, and Lowell swings at you. And with a few forced breaths, he, armor shedding off of his body, slowly stands up and holds the warhammer with both hands. Hop, it was your turn. I go stand beside Ellie, and I'm just going to shoot him. Okay. Roll me the shoot. Ten. Now roll me to defend. Eight. You take a shot. It reflects off of the small bit of armor he has, and he screams out again, I will let you! And he grabs his hammer and swings down at you, but only for four points of damage. Misha, it is your turn. I want my scarf to shank him. Roll me an attack in the defense. I'm not even going to spend effort. Um, that was a 20 for the attack, so that is... Uh, major effect or more damage? Probably major effect. You know, I don't know what it would be. I have an idea. The scarf goes and it stabs him in the chest. And Lowell doesn't seem to respond much except for being pushed back, not by the stab, but by the force of it. And shakily, he raises his left hand to shoot at you. I am not a failure! And he goes to shoot the Apocrita shards at you. And nothing happens. Not a single shard moves. He pushes again, and pushes again, and pushes again, and nothing happens. Except for a few shards, which eventually start moving towards your legs, Misha, and pass them. And the Apocrita wraps itself around Lowell's legs, around his hips, and around his arms, locking him in place. Shock will just nod to Ellie again. It's time. <laughs> I'm sorry, Lowell, but you have to learn to let go sometimes. And Ellie? Ellie looks at him kind of pityingly. Not sympathetically, no, but she pities him. And she raises Red's blessing again. Dead is dead. And she will stab him with Red's blessing. From inside of Lowell. Lights start to shine out, and this light eventually rises itself from the tips of Red's blessing all the way up through its staff. And as Lowell finally, finally goes still, the staff sparks to life. 
the ropes rise, each of their own accord, each thread on the end reaching out and grabbing onto all of you as the light from inside the spear takes up the entirety of the dome space. And this light overwhelms you, it overwhelms your eyes, and it feels like it overwhelms your sense of smell, your hearing of taste of touch. But you realize it's not those lights anymore that are overtaking you. It's the sensations of every single memory you have ever had. But more than that, it's the sensations of every single memory of every single person trapped in the Apocrypha. And it's time to set them free. We did it! We did not die! We did we not live! It yeah. was good stuff. Yeah. Yeah! We did so good, guys! We did not die. I'm, I'm happy I could protect Harper and Misha. Yes, thank you, Christ. I feel like we were the most vulnerable people in the party. Mm, definitely. I like how if I critiqued any part of Boy Scouts, Tom would be like, yeah, that's fair. But if I go after the fucking knots, that is a step too far. It's like the most useful thing they teach you. Making a tent is also a good scout skill, but maybe you went to a different scout place that I did. I know how to make a tent. Oh, that's very good. We should go tenting sometime. Camping, that's the word. Tenting! Tenting sometime. Tenting. We should go tenting. That's also why your tarps uh, are very good, because uh, Hoff is also good at uh, putting up a tent. Yeah, he's, he's like good at all that camping stuff. Like, unironically. Where we're going, we don't need roads. <laughs> my, my need purple dye. My true, one true love. The other one is good, but this one is my boy. Look, I didn't curse it on purpose. <laughs> it's just that way. Okay, so Hallie is dead. <laughs> you don't worry about it. <laughs> it's, it's fine. We're shredding in. We're dropping like Sonic in Sonic Adventure 2 on hundreds of tiny skateboards. <laughs> and suddenly the Kool-Aid man just... <laughs> well, that's it. Show's over. Campaign ends. Kool-Aid man shows up and saves the day. Because there aren't really, there aren't a whole lot of walls where you're fighting Aegon. You just burst through the floor, causing a hole to happen underneath Aegon, and he just falls to his death. I'm just imagining this with, like, the shitty Sweet Bro and Hella Jeff comic book animation. Oh my god. Like, static images just flipped on their side, bursting up <laughs> through the floor. We'll have to re-edit the scene where Ness says they did it, so that before he says it, we just... To see this body just drop two feet in front of Ness. And oh then, my god, yes. I knew it. <laughs> god damn. And the Kool-Aid man doing a thumbs up as he also falls like, oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> He's falling behind. The worst part is because of the nature of the finale, the Kool-Aid man may not be gone. 
He can come back at any time. <laughs> I am not sorry about we're, this. We're going to give Hallie a moment here, and then we'll, you know, get started. We'll continue with this very serious episode. <laughs> right. Hallie was already dying. I was like, you okay. know what? Let's just go full or go home. <laughs> I'm sorry. I know this is a season two thing, but can, but can, the, can the mascot of the little school in season two be the school-aid man? <laughs> and he's got, he's got little, a little backpack. And his rival school's pet is salad raptor, so that he also comes no. back. Oh, why would you say that, Ari? She finally started breathing again. His rival has to be like a Capri Sun knockoff. <laughs> like, I don't know. Someone wearing Capris. <laughs> oh, God. I'm sorry. You can continue. You can continue. I'm not sure we can, because I was about to say something serious when we landed. Okay, go ahead. No, I'm, su- I'm serious. No, I can say it. Thanks, Mom. <laughs> that makes it a little bit weird. No, but... no, no, it's fine. No. It's fine. <laughs> I've been planning this from the start of the campaign. Okay. Okay. Oh, God. Well, I've been waiting for this. I've been waiting for this. You hear that, Shinji? <laughs> I called her mom. <laughs> there she goes again. Hopper won't call her mom for a while, but it's going to be very <laughs> uncomfortable when he starts it. I was going to say, Hopper probably won't, and he's going to hate it if he ever has. Well, considering how things are going with you and Sarah and her and Ray, oh, I know, but it's going to be deeply uncomfortable. Like after mom, the wedding with Sarah or whatever, like Hopper will try to be like, hey, mom, and then like stuff halfway through, like, no, this is not Ma'am. Ma'am. The darkest day of Hopper's life. Oh, it's come full circle. It's come full circle. Oh, no. Well, let's make sure Hopper can uh, get to that day, shall we? Oh. <laughs> he's gonna. Hopper is about to pull gonna... off a pro gamer move. Yeah. You know, the worst thing is I was I was gonna be a I was gonna make a quippy remark at low L, but like now I don't think I <laughs> you <suck>. Yeah. <laughs> Look, everyone everyone was like, Tom, why are you burning so many of your pools? Because I think I other than Ellie, I have the highest points of everyone here. That's because I started with 18 extra. <laughs> like, other than Ellie's boost on me, like I haven't been hit, so I haven't taken Like do you have infinite intellect? I still have 12 int points left and my other pools haven't been touched so much math this session yeah i don't know if my math is perfect parts of me are loving it do i have 16 not every part this is what i wanted isn't it you go to hit him with your horse you go to hit him with your, <laughs> with war- your horse with your horse just the, <laughs> with the, the horse. talus ranking horse <laughs> is back he was a triple agent now remember shock before we start that being a hero was the flaw of Aegon. It was the flaw you shared. <laughs> no, no, it's okay. I just, I'm just trying to think of how funny I can be at all given times. He thinks- it's not funny if you die. Can confirm. But you're nothing but a corpse. And we know that what bugs do best is to eat corpses from the inside and just <laughs> throw them <laughs> Is that too much? Is that too much edge cut? It's too much. <laughs> okay. It's too much. I think just you are the real puppets and using the bugs to fight his bugs is good. Okay, okay. First Kyle X card. 
just think about the XP Baron or whatever his name was. Baron Von Z- Baron Zemo from Civil War, but he now loves <laughs> Cipher System. Baron XPmo. Yay! Happy for him. Baron Zemo just wants to take down D&D from the inside. <laughs> God, no. Tony is like the new president of Wizards of the Coast. The role player character and Steve is the one who really cares about the mechanics and getting them right. <laughs> and they just go to war against one another. Oh, God. And Bucky is Steve's friend, the Min-Maxer. <laughs> I swear, Tony, his Min-Maxing <laughs> days are behind him. Did you know? Amazing. Zemo shows him a video of Bucky lying about rolling a nat 20. <laughs> Did you know? God. I didn't know it was him. <laughs> It was fun to see Kyle be like, I've used a damage that is precisely guaranteed to not drop Ari this turn. Ari, I drop. What? I'm sorry, what? I, I, yeah, I. I was so worried. I'm like, I don't want anyone down unless they're dead. <laughs> oh, wait. Unless they're 